Warning, the Federal Communications Commission requires that we inform you that this episode of the Derek Duvall Show may contain content inappropriate for children. Listener discretion is advised. The FCC also requires us to inform you that this episode may contain the words f***, s***, asshole, mother boy, dumpster, galloping quit, but in like a British way, and also, strangely, cul-de-sac. Once again, this show may contain content not suitable for anyone but the coolest children. Listener discretion is advised. Powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to Friends, Foes, and Neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings, as what you are about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show. Prepare yourself for insightful interviews with incredible people. Join us now as we delve ever deeper into the human condition. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Production Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hi. Thank you so much. Please, everyone, sit. Thank you. Hello, Duvall Nation, and welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. We are back with another fantastic journey into the lives of extraordinary people. This episode is brought to you today by the fine folks at BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash Derek Duvall Show. So before we jump into this episode, I want to say a massive thank you to my last guest, Dr. Nicole Colon. If you haven't figured it out by now, I absolutely love working with NASA. If you have not heard our very in-depth interview, I strongly advise you to check it out after the conclusion of this episode. So welcome to episode 223, and we have a good episode lined up for you today. We have on the show Donald Dunn. Now, Donald is a former U.S. Army veteran who has taken his struggles with combat, PTSD, and mental health and channeled it into the Heroes Voices Media Foundation. This platform is host to radio stations and podcasts, all veteran-grown, and it has shown considerable success. Lots to discuss, so let's get Donald out here, Duval Nation. Please welcome to the show calling in today from his studio in the great state of Missouri, Donald Dunn. All right, Donald, hello. Welcome to Derek Duvall's show. How is the weather out by you today? Uh, we're getting us a little snow, a little bit of rain, some cold weather coming in. This is my favorite time of the year. So with the pandemic now winding down, how was it for you to navigate the COVID-19 world? So during that time frame, I owned a uh, trucking company. I'd just gotten out of the military and I couldn't find a job, so I created one. I bought a truck and started driving probably about four years before um, COVID started. And then during the COVID time, I was going through some issues uh, mentally and uh, trying to take care of my mom in Iowa and my family still in Georgia. And the freight was getting hard. And so I made the determination to close my business. And uh, I moved to Missouri and moved my mom down to Missouri so I could help take care of her. Okay. So everything's okay now? You you feeling much better? Yeah. Um, you know, I got some, some mental help, went through the VA system. They got me, uh, a lot better than I've been in the past. You know, I'd seen some, uh, um, therapists before 
And uh, I did the same mistakes that a lot of soldiers did, man. I, I treated it like cold medicine. When the symptoms went away, I quit taking the meds and, yeah. and I, I didn't do the work to actually heal. Since I've been to Missouri, I've been able to focus on myself, focus on taking care of my mom. And, uh, I'm now to the point where I'm ready to, to get off the medication. You know, I found a good support group and I've done a lot of work that's helped me out quite a bit. So next step is to try to slowly get off these meds and, and live a more natural life. Okay. So every journey has a beginning. Where were you born and what was it like to grow up there? I was born in Des Moines, Iowa, but I lived most of my life in uh, Nebraska and around the Lincoln area. What was it like to grow up there? You know, I, I enjoyed the Midwest. I really did. I was there all the way up until, uh, seventh grade when I started dating my wife, graduated high school and joined the military out of Lincoln. So I played football, uh, there for, uh, my high school there. I think we won maybe a handful of games and <laughs> <laughs> then I joined the military and uh, me and my wife still married today. Hmm. What were your earliest career aspirations? I wanted to be a pro football player and really? uh, yeah. And uh, when that didn't work out, I decided I wanted to be take an attempt as a criminal psychologist. And then I realized you have to be pretty smart for that too why I ended up joining the military. Um, mm -hmm. I decided to be a mechanic and uh, it was pretty hard to get a job without some sort of formal training. And I'd already screwed my grades up pretty good. So college wasn't going to be cheap. And uh, so I joined the military as a, uh, as a mechanic and uh, did my time there. Hmm. So I always ask every veteran who comes on my show, this next question, why that particular branch over the other branches? Yeah, so my uncle was in the military. I was real close to him and uh, he, he joined the army. And I, I think to be honest, that's probably why I never really, I didn't even go to any other branches. I never checked out any of the other branches. I went straight down the army recruiter and uh, I seen uh, some videos. And one of the things I wanted to be was a ranger. And so that's what I was going to do is come in and, and work my way to being a ranger. And, uh, you know, my dad told me, uh, he said, if you're going to join the military, you need to do something where you're going to have something when you get out. He said, you become a ranger. What, what are you going to do? Walk around Walmart with a bunch of shit on your back? Hmm. He said, there ain't no career for you there. So um, I, I did take his his advice for the most part. I came in as a mechanic. And then uh, in 2000, I volunteered to go to the 160th. I served uh, 10 years in the special ops community um, with them. So I got a small piece of what I was looking for and still came in with a, a, a career that I could fall back to. Hmm. So what was your boot camp experience like? You know, to be honest, it was really weird compared to most soldiers. Um, I went to Fort Jackson and they were doing this, what they call pro train, where you had one active duty drill sergeant and the rest were uh, reservists. So every two weeks, it was like day zero again. They would come in and be all hard. And within two weeks later, they were like really relaxed. And then the new group would come in and it would start all over again. And uh, most of them were old and fairly out of shape. So the smoke sessions weren't near as hard as uh, a lot of them. You know, I, I still remember one of these drill sergeants, uh, you know, he, he, he was going to smoke us and he got down to do push-ups with us. And uh, by, the, by the second cadence, you know, which is like four push-ups. He was already <laughs> out of breath, and some of the other drill sergeants had to get down and help him 
<laughs> but uh yeah it was it was a lot different than most uh most soldiers uh talk about you know mm. so how many deployments did you end up doing so i did nine months in bosnia and out of uh, i was stationed in germany uh, in a mechanized infantry unit and uh then i did the rest out of 68 so 59 months and split up between iraq and afghanistan okay i mean you do more in afghanistan than iraq Mostly Afghanistan, yeah. Mostly I was Afghanistan. in Iraq. So I did a nine-month uh, stint um, right there before I retired, and then I did a couple, uh, probably another six months uh, of that was in uh, Mosul area, and then the rest was all Afghanistan. I was I was all over Afghanistan. Uh, whereabouts in Afghanistan mostly were you based? So um, I did a little bit in uh, Kandahar. I was up in uh, Bagram and a little bit in... Uh, um, was it Jal Jalalabad? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So what led you to leave the army? So I left, I left the 160th as I got older and, uh, I was just getting, it was the, the PT was just getting to be too hard and, uh, to stay in shape and, and still be able to be a leader in front of a lot of these guys. So, you know, I left and, uh, when I went back to the regular army, it was not the same as experiences that I had. Um, it was a lot more babysitting, you know, the, the big boy system was gone that I was accustomed to. So I had a hard time transitioning back to it. And, uh, by the time I got ready to get closer to retirement, the, the, the soldiers that we were getting that were coming in were just, it was too hard to identify with them. Um, I wasn't enjoying, it wasn't fun no more. Um, and, and to be honest, a lot of it was probably, you know, symptoms from PTSD that I, I didn't admit or recognize. And, and I just wasn't happy, you know, I wasn't happy as a person by that time. And so that's what drove me to, to retire. Mm. Okay. Now I've read like so many other veterans, you struggle to adjust and contemplated ending your own life. Talk about the struggles that you were facing when you left the army. So when I, when I got out, um, I was, I was, I felt better alone. So when I would go home, I would have dinner with uh, my wife and kids. And then as soon as dinner was over with, I would get up and go to the bedroom. And I stayed in the bedroom till the next morning when it was time to go to work. And I didn't even see nothing wrong with that. Um, it was perfectly normal for me. It was not normal to my family. And they didn't understand why, because out of all these deployments, I never talked about anything that happened over there. And it, it literally desensitized my family because I still remember the first time I deployed, you know, my wife was in tears when she dropped me off. And the last deployment, she rolled over, gave me a kiss and said, see you in a year. And uh, it was just like work, normal day. You got up and you went to work and came back. And the the thought of what could go wrong had left them but I was changing and, and it was causing problems with my family. I was pushing my family away. I was angry all the time. I, I had a, a very bad temper that was affecting me at work. And, uh, all of, but you know, when I walked away from this, I didn't realize that I had a problem. It was everybody else was fucked up, not me. And so I didn't admit, admit it. And, uh, 
then I, I made the wrong choice to put myself in a semi truck driving 11 hours a day out on the road by myself for six weeks at a time. And, uh, I just got in a more darker and darker place until, you know, one day you, you finally reach the bottom and your shovel breaks and you can stop digging yourself in that hole even further. And that day came, um, I ended up throwing my son out of the house the day after a hurricane. And, uh, you know, it was a day that I can't take back. And it's a day that, uh, I finally began the process of getting some help, you know, up to that point, I hadn't even filed a VA claim up to that point because I got into a pissing contest with the VA rep as I was out processing from the army. And the last thing I said to him was, I don't need your damn money. You can shove it. And I turned around and walked off and my pride and my anger and everything else, you know, wouldn't allow me to even go file a claim. And so when I went to get help, I used TRICARE and went and seen a civilian therapist because I refused to to swallow my pride at that point to go to back to the VA. And uh, he helped me out quite a bit. And when I got, when I kind of got to where I was stable, and then I, I looked back and I realized how much I'd screwed up and for how long. And uh, by that time now, it was about fixing things versus regretting things. Uh, a question I've, I have asked every veteran who has come on my show that is, and I feel like it's very important to ask you as well is, um, and this is, and if you, you can ask this if you want, it's basically, how are you doing right now? You know, I'm, I'm doing the best I've done in a long time. Um, yeah, I've started making the amends, um, to forgive myself. You know, it's not so much that I need, um, other people to forgive me because it all starts with it. You have to love yourself. And, uh, if you can't get to that point, um, you're not going to feel any better no matter what anybody else says. Because when you look in the mirror, you're still going to hate the person you're seeing. And one of those things that I've done is I started, I wrote a book for my wife and my kids. And I explained in the, in the book, everything that I went through, the, the details of everything that happened to me, the things that I seen and, uh, letting them just kind of have an understanding of why when my kids were really little, I was that comedy happy guy that liked to have people come around to where during their pubic years, I had turned into this guy that didn't want to be around anybody and uh, was never happy and always angry. And they never got that explanation of, of what was going on. You know, they knew that I was going over there, but I left, I came back, life was good you know? Yeah. And so I, I wrote that book, um, not looking for forgiveness, but to give them answers. And, uh, once they're done going through it, I plan on uh, publishing it, but, uh, right now it's, it's for them. And, and there's a few things in there that I'm not going to put in the book just because they're very personal. But, uh, um, that was a big step for me because, uh, up to that point, I never talked anything about it with my family. And so I opened up to a lot of things and I, and I took responsibility for a lot of the stuff that went wrong that I was holding against my son. You know, the, the biggest thing that I learned, um, I hated myself so much that I was taking it out on my son because all I seen was me, you know, the way he looked, the way he acted, the way he talked, the way it was the same as the way as I grew up. And, uh, that was one of the things I explained to him in the book about, you know, 
it wasn't anything that he did. It was it was me projecting my hatred for myself out on everybody else. And uh, he took the brunt of that. And so there's there's things about it that, you know, I want him to understand. And uh, we've started having a, a better relationship since then. And uh, the uh, other part of that is uh, I'm now more focused and able to focus on things that make me feel like I'm on my right path. And one of those is the nonprofit that I've started building. Um, the podcast that I do has helped me get to that point. Um, and that's, that's where the real work started coming from was from podcasting, you know, halfway through season one, I realized that, you know, I was getting stuff off my chest that I had been bottling up for years, two perfect strangers that were just veterans, things I didn't talk about with my family. And just one thing led to another. Um, and then the group therapy and then this nonprofit. And I've never felt more like I was on the right path than I have in, a, in my life. Now you you just briefly mentioned it, but let's talk about this groundbreaking venture that you have embarked on heroes voices, media foundation for my listeners who've never heard of this. Can you give them a brief overview as to what this is? So the the main focus of what we, we try to do is we try to keep veterans talking. It's not that that media or podcasting is is true forms of therapy. There's a lot more to therapy to to heal. But I have I've also learned about how hard it is when you start podcasting and you start looking at these stats and you think you're gonna be Joe Rogan in a month, and next thing you know, there's no downloads and and it's costing you money and and everything else. The next thing you know, these, these veterans just give it up and they walk away. Well, they're not going to go back to the VA where they had a, a bad experience. They're going to go right back to the house and isolate and not talk. And, and if nobody's there to reach out to them, then things can become really bad. And so what we do is we help veterans, um, with podcasting, we help authors with writing, we help, uh, uh musicians with, uh, their music. So we have three programs. Uh, one is called Military United Podcast and Streams, and that's where we're just a, a network. We bring in people to do uh, seminars and and discussions on, you know, the the business side of podcasting, public speaking, the do's, the don'ts, and and stuff like that. And then uh, we started a radio station that uh, has got four channels. We've got a comedy channel, a country channel, a rock channel, and a and a mixed channel. Um, there's approximately a hundred artists on there, probably six, seven hundred songs, and they're all veterans as well. And then the the last program, I'm still writing out the uh, the curriculum for it, but it's called uh, Words from a Warrior, and it's to help with uh, politicians or with people getting uh, published and you know bloggers and and stuff like that. And it'll be the same focus. We'll have webinars and everything for for them as well. And then. Uh, people that want to do this on a more serious um, base and, and all of our musicians that, you know, are on the radio station, they're all trying to do this full time and make a career out of it. We've just launched our uh, TV channel, our Roku channel called uh, uh, military United podcast streams. So if you have Roku, you can search that and find it. And inside that channel, you'll have access to some of the podcasters content. And we started what's called MMTV, which is a, um, uh, military music television and it's all the music videos from these uh, from these uh, artists that are on our radio station 
Hmm. And it's all it's all free as well, too. That's amazing. Okay, Deval Nation, we are going to go ahead and take a small break right here, but we will be right back with the conclusion of this interview with Donald Dunn. Man, just should take this time to refresh that drink and take some super long deep breaths. You know that's right. Cluzo style. Pay attention to a few friends of my show and we will be right back. Hello, Deval Nation. Derek Deval here. Mental health is not only a top priority in my life, but it should be in yours too. As a combat military veteran, I have seen what untreated mental health looks like, which is why I've been using a therapist for well over a decade. Seeing a trusted therapist has helped me reconcile life events and other important things I've been witness to since returning home from the service and has changed my life for the better in many ways. Which is why going forward I am pleased to announce that BetterHelp will be sponsoring The Derek Duvall Show. BetterHelp is the world's first therapy service and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then, you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you can expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. That's BetterHelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. We're Sam's Army in the Gang's all here. Sam's Army in the Gang's all here. Sam's Army in the Gang's all here. For glory, the cup and then the drinks of beer. Oi, this is Chad from The Shame. We're listening to The Derek Duvall Show. You can find our stuff at theshameshop.com or listen to it on almost all the streaming services. We'll see you down the pub. Cheers. This is William Yeski, author of the book, Damn the Valley. I invite you to take a journey into a combat deployment that I was on during 2010 while serving with the men of the 82nd Airborne Division. On that deployment, we suffered a 52% casualty rate and filled the wards at Walter Reed with soldiers that had been serving within the heavy conflict that was happening within the Argonaut River Valley. The stories contained within the book are all true and even verified by not only DOD sources, but the men that were there on the ground fighting. I should know I was one of them. It was not an easy task to write, but one that paints a vivid picture for the reader and a picture the reader won't soon forget. Pick up a copy at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, bookshop.org, or your friendly neighborhood independent bookstore today. This is Benjamin Sledge author of Where Cowards Go to Die. In my award-winning memoir, you'll discover the raw humanity, intricate complexity, and brutal barbarity of those who served in the Iraq and Afghan wars, and the psychological toll it took on modern veterans. You can purchase Where Cowards Go to Die on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, 
or anywhere major books are sold. Look for me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Benjamin C. Sledge. Hi, this is Glenn. And this is Sonia from Echo Valley. And you are listening to The Derek Duval Show. Here's a song called Faces in the Mirror from our album Anarchy and Alchemy. This is Janae Sergio, life coach, combat veteran, and best-selling author. I invite you to purchase my new book, Perfectly Flawed, A Veteran's Journey from Homeless to Hero. In these pages, you will learn about the lowest struggles of my life to the absolute triumphs that have made me the strong woman I am today. Follow along as I talk about homelessness, my naval role in Operation Enduring Freedom, navigating insurmountable odds, and how I dealt with and overcame them. You can find Perfectly Flawed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Welcome back to episode 223 of the Derek Duvall Show. Let's get right back to it with the conclusion of our interview with the founder of the Heroes Voices Media Foundation, Donald Dunn. Now, can you go into some detail about Gun Room Radio? So Gun Room Radio started out, that was the, uh, that that actually started before the uh, nonprofit. When I was podcasting, I came across some some musicians, and uh, and like I said, my podcast for me was therapy. So I didn't care if one person watched the show or ten thousand people. It was the the communication that was happening and and giving me the opportunity just to talk and get things off my chest. But when I had these musicians on, man, these guys were these guys were trying to pay their rent with this and and put food on the table. And the days of selling CDs out of the back of your car is gone. Right. And so I seen the, the, the real problem there where unless you got a bunch of money or you're extremely talented, um, it's really hard at 40 years old to get attracted by a label company that late in your life and Spotify and everybody else, you're just going to get buried in the algorithms and nobody was hearing their music. Um, and some of these artists were extremely, extremely talented. They just didn't have any guidance to get to that one spot that they needed to be in. So I started a radio station um, and it was called gun room radio at that time. It was just all by itself. Um, and everybody was on the same channel. I went and paid and got licensed through uh, BMI and ASCAP for copyright. So we pay our, our royalties to the musicians just like anybody else does. And uh, then I just reached out to them and had them start giving me their music and and we just started playing it um we got a couple djs now that that are on there um so it's not just a playlist uh spinning anymore and uh all we did was started promoting them and next thing i know um other organizations were reaching out to us and booking these guys um a few of them got invited to go to zach brown's uh camp southern ground for warriors week and got some uh, time to learn to be songwriters and some camaraderie together. And so there's been a lot of good stuff that's came from this. Um, an, an organization has partnered with us uh, called uh, hero stock and they book a lot of our, our, they got seven concerts this year and they booked every concerts got artists from our radio station booked to play with them. So it's helping them 
reach and expand and, and still make a living and be able to pay their bills. That's amazing. What are some ways that my listeners can listen and help with your nonprofit? So the biggest thing is to listen, subscribe, and uh, share. You know, if you follow our social media and you subscribe, or if you, you listen to uh, Gunroom Radio, any of the channels, it doesn't matter which one, uh, whatever your, your favorite type of music is, that is the best way to help us. Um, donations are great too. Obviously, it takes money, but but more than anything, we need people to hear what these veterans have to say because that's the purpose. That's the, the true mission. And without people listening, all the money in the world is useless. So people just go into gunroomradio.com. You can find all four of the, uh, the radio stations there. If you got Roku and, and you watch our show on Roku, all this helps. Um, it'll also help us gain some advertisements and advertisers that will, you know, hopefully reach into the the bigger mission that, that we're trying to do. And uh, one of the, one of those big things that we're, we're talking and, and trying to move to now is we want to create what's called the VMAs, uh, the veteran music awards. And uh, there's a few sponsors that are interested in doing it. And, and we we've been talking with uh, operation encore who are in, is interested in, in helping us accomplish this as well. And we want to get it to where the musicians that served but have already made it, uh, your George Straits and people like that, we want to get it to where they host them. And we give some of these independent artists the opportunity to to get some TV time. And, and you know, maybe they'll never be Garth Brooks, but they can be for that one day, you know. I guarantee Grunt Style will get in on that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That would be great. If you reach out to them, I they love stuff like that. Get Reach out to them, I guarantee they'll they'll piggyback on that in a heartbeat. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll reach out to him. Yeah. All right. So one of the talking points I saw listed on your bio was the question about limits on how many months a soldier should be allowed to deploy. Now, I did two deployments myself, and on, on my first deployment was the 9-11 deployment. I spent a lot of time overseas. Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate on that topic? Because I, I'd love to hear your take on this. So this is one of those those goals in my life that I just don't know if I'm going to have the energy to, to head it up, but I would love for, for somebody that is, is with Congress or understands that world and, and could lobby for that because in the old days, you know, and I'm not taking anything away from any other war, you know, but they were, they were drafted and they did a year and it was, they were done or unless they volunteered and wanted to do another year, another rotation. But these days where I was doing three months deployed, three months in the States, three months deployed, three months in the States, and that nonstop cycle that just keeps going, you don't get any time to, to heal. You know, there was a time that I was deployed, came back two weeks after I got back, we took casualties and I spent another month doing funerals and then by that time ramping back up to deploy again there wasn't no grieving period there wasn't no no nothing and these were some good friends of mine that i had known i was just talking to them two weeks prior to that when that cycle hit and you had officers that were volunteering and pushing to get deployments for rank it wears on these soldiers and when you were deploying like that non-stop you lose touch with your family. 
there's there should be a law that that prevents you from spending 20 percent of your your 20 year career fighting for your life okay that's that's i have no argument with that at all that's very fair all right donald i ask all my veteran guests this next question if it's okay i want to ask it to you as well and it's it's a sensitive question but i i ask everybody okay Okay. What were your emotions when you saw the fall of Afghanistan? You know, I was, uh, I was angry because one of the, uh, one of the things that kept me going was I always said, at least my kids will never have to come to this shithole. And, and it's obvious now that maybe not my kids, but my grandkids will be back over there. But I'll be honest. I don't think I was as mad then as I was until I listened to one of the Sean Ryan podcast episodes where there was a Marine uh, sniper that was hurt at Abbey Gate. And when he disclosed all the failed leadership that we had on ground, uh, that's where I was really angry because that was, that was our own green, our own military leaders that were failing at that point. You can't blame, um, you know, you can't blame Biden because a lieutenant colonel did not give permission to fire that could have in, that could have stopped that that whole time and uh you know that's a decision that a lieutenant colonel or a colonel should be able to make on whether or not somebody has the right to engage a target and so because of that failure you know it allowed the bomber to stay in that area and then detonate um, there were some things that he disclosed also that you know the the barricades that they had in front of the gate they had moved hours before the explosion there was conversations that happened between the u.s leadership and the taliban and then after that point they would sit there in front of our soldiers and execute women and children um, on their knees and just shoot them in the head and there was nothing that these soldiers could do these are these are things that these soldiers are going to have to live with for the rest of their life by watching this and uh he'll be uh that that individual, I can't remember his name, and I apologize, but uh, he will be at Congress at at the hearings when they discuss um, how bad it went and what went wrong, and he'll be one of the people that are talking. And uh, he had 150 ball bearings hit him when it exploded, and he was standing on the sides waiting for an interpreter's family to get to him. Hmm. And what podcast was that on? Uh, the Sean Ryan Show. Sean Ryan show. I'll have to listen to that. I don't, I'm not familiar with that show, but I'll have to check that out. So I will, I'll get you the exact episode and send it to you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Oh. I, I appreciate that. All right, Donald Pierre de Coubertin said the most important thing in life is not the triumph, but the struggle. And I know that you've struggled. So you get a chance to talk to your younger self. What would you say to him? You know, man, that's a tough one because you'd like to tell yourself of the things to change. But I don't know that I'd want to change anything because I'm so happy at the end, at the final spot, that I don't know if I'd want this to, to be changed. And I think the, the, the biggest thing that I would probably have to say is don't be afraid to share um, some of the stories that are going on with you, with the closest people, with your family. And uh, it may seem like a double-edged sword. You know, you want to protect your family from, from the stuff that you're seeing but in that same token, that's probably the one thing that I regret the most is because they didn't understand what was going on 
And that probably would have alleviated a lot of years that I missed with at least compassion and understanding from my family versus the fights and, uh, you know, the maybe even temporary talks about divorce and stuff like that, that had happened. Okay. So apart from the release of the platform, what's next for Donald? Um, you know, I haven't, I haven't thought past, uh, um, what we're doing right now. I, I think, uh, you know, when I, when I see, I had talked about once we're completely up and running and, uh, the VMAs are, are a real thing. You know, I had talked about stepping down and just being part of a, um, some sort of a side part of it, you know, and just let it keep running. But, uh, I really haven't thought past that at some point I would really like to, to just fully retire and spend some time hunting and fishing and enjoying life. Mm. Which leads me to my next question. You know, it's, you know, as we, I always, you know, get into the final phase of the interview, I was like, that's one fun question. What do you like to do for fun? How do you like to relax? You know, I love, uh, as much as I, I cuss about it, I do enjoy messing with computers. And <laughs> uh, I also enjoy building cars. Um, that's another regret that, you know, as I was going through with PTSD, my son was 15 and I lost probably the best opportunity for a gearhead father to spend with his son. I bought him a uh, 79 Z28 that needed a lot of work. And uh, our relationship was pretty much ruined by the time the car was done. And uh, it's still sitting in my yard under a tarp, you know, and those are a lot of years that I lost of some good father-son times um he did learn from me how to paint it and and he did get to drive it and we did get it running but uh you know i was pretty much thinking of suicide by the end of that and i was giving everything away so you know i i do enjoy working on cars i do enjoy uh hunting and fishing i love squirrel hunting and so that's probably uh that's probably my main hobbies right there Tell me, I've never gone squirrel hunting. How does that exactly work? Is it you? Is it with an arrow? Is it with a gun? So you can do it with a twenty-two, or you can do it with a uh, a shotgun. Shotguns are usually a little easier than than a little twenty-two, but it's more about patience. You know, some people they just walk through the woods and and keep their eyes open and look. And yeah. you know, the way I do it is I do it more for myself to get away you know where i go there's no cell phone service and i walk for a while and i'll find a place to sit down and i just sit there quietly and think to myself and and uh kind of get some clarity away from um what i'm doing you know and get my break from that and if i see squirrels great if i don't that's okay too is there anything left of the squirrel when you hit it with a shotgun oh uh, yeah usually usually okay all right yeah. I, I just, I've, the logistics of squirrel hunting is, is I've never really done the math behind it before. So I'm just kind of curious. So, okay. Yeah. All right. What would be the best way for my listeners to follow your adventures online, follow the show, check out the, the, the platform. So uh, the two best sites that you can go to is you can go to uh heroes voice media foundation.org um, and all of our links to everything that we got going on is, is there. Um, if that's, you know, I know it's kind of a little tricky thing to, and hard to, to remember. So if you also go to my podcast webpage, you can find everything there. And that's a uh, two drunk dudes in a gun room. 
dot com and uh most people have a little easier time remembering that um but uh you can go there or same same two spots on facebook or instagram and you can find us there as well and we'll have that in the show notes as well so then not a problem as well all right donald i am my interviews with my favorite question and the question is this if the entire planet was listening to this broadcast what would be the one thing you would like to say to the people of earth um, don't stop thinking for yourself. Okay, good. That's a good answer. I like it. Donald, congratulations on the launch of this endeavor on behalf of all veterans. Just keep doing what you're doing, man. It's you're doing great work. Keep just keep doing the good work you're doing and you, you got a great thing going here, man. I appreciate it, man. And, and I enjoy being on your show and, and I think you're doing great things as well. When you get that book finished, you come back on my show and you tell us all about it, okay? Absolutely, will do. All right. And just like that, Deval Nation, we come to the end of episode 223. I want to thank Donald for coming on the show and taking on such a rewarding project that is doing such a good thing for veterans. Best of luck to you, Donald, and thanks again. Okay, tune again next time as we showcase another extraordinary person. We drop our episodes on Mondays and Thursdays, so be sure to keep checking your favorite podcast streaming channel for those episodes to drop. Also, I think it's fair to ask you, the listener, have you enjoyed this episode? I truly hope you have, so please go and hit that subscribe button to keep it today for when new episodes drop. Also, if you're feeling generous, drop us a review. We love reading what our listeners have to say about us, good or bad. We are still enjoying our partnership with the Amazing Tea Public. The Derek Duvall Show has a great little store on there with everything with our logo on it, including magnets, stickers, and mugs. Plus, we have some really fun t-shirts on there that Mrs. Duvall and I added ourselves. So please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com, go to the banner of the left, says merch, click that, and you'll be taken to our store on Tea Public. And once again, I want to thank them for being such great partners with the show. On behalf of myself and the entire team here at the Derek Duvall Show, I want to say to each and every one of you listening, I did a guest appearance on my old show, Too Many Captains, where we reviewed the Ryan Gosling, Russell Crowe film, The Nice Guys. Hilarity ensued. You can find that episode streaming wherever you find your podcasts, or you can find a link on my Instagram and Twitter page, and that's at Derek Duvall Show. No star, God bless, and see you next time. Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duvall Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com, for links to merchandise and to explore past episodes. Please find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Derek Duvall Show.